Welcome to the High Sensory People podcast. I'm Alicia May. I'm a high sensory leader, coach, and creative empath. And I'm Jane Elizabeth Aston. I'm a high sensory leader and spiritual connection coach. We're high sensory people, and we're passionate about raising awareness of the HSP trait and reframing it from being highly sensitive to high sensory and having high sensory intelligence. Did you know that 20 to 30% of the world's population are high sensory? We want to increase our visibility, change how the world sees us, and inspire and empower all HSPs to own their amazing qualities and unique gifts. We would love you to join us on this journey. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. And today we're going to be talking about how to stay in our truth in a world that's not set up for high sensory people. And because that can be a big journey, certainly has been for me. And it's a journey that I'm still on every day of my life. I'm still on that journey. We thought we'd just do a few top tips for getting started in that. So uh, particularly if you've just found out that you're a high sensory person or perhaps you find it really difficult to uh, to, to kind of honour that part of yourself or you just basically feel that something is not quite right with the way that you're doing things, which is a really common way to feel as an HSP because the world is not set up for us and uh, and it is a trait that is still not widely enough known one of the reasons why we're doing this podcast. So we just want to do a few top tips for getting started based on our own experience of um, of uh, learning about the trait and owning the trait and making the most of having the trait. So still very much a journey, but we've got a few of, you know, our key ways of staying in our truth in a world that can be tricky. Um, so Alicia, I think you're going to start us off with your top tip. So top tip number one is starting to say no, your needs matter. So this has been a massive one for me, um, as in really, really big challenge. But once I started to conquer it, it became a strength. It became a power. It became, it really enabled me to just stay in my truth. And it's like a muscle. It really is a muscle that the first few times you use it, it's really painful. It's really uncomfortable. But once it gets bigger and stronger, it just becomes second nature, doesn't it? And so, you know, I was just thinking actually while you're introducing it that, you know, when you're a kid, you actually say no really well, don't you? You really know what you want when you're a kid. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. No. I don't feel like doing it. No, just I'll no. Occasionally, perhaps lie on the floor and scream. Right. I don't want to. No. And then most of us learn quite quickly that that, I certainly do, that's not an acceptable thing to do. Right. So that stops. And then the people pleasing begins. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, we go to school and this idea of saying no is like, how dare you? How dare you know what you want? How dare you know what's right for you? And there is this narrative, isn't it? There is this narrative out there that just says your needs don't matter. And it's it's ludicrous because if you're meeting your needs, however big, however small they are, you're actually a better version of yourself, which then has a better impact. It's a win-win. Like, it's just... Anyway, 
So starting to say no really was a game changer for me. And it was almost like I needed the permission to start saying that. It, it was crazy. And it, it was, and even now, every now and then, mm. it's, oh, this, oh, wow, I've got to say no to this. Mm. But this, this is a real challenge. Whether it's no to a meal, whether it's no to an engagement, whether it's no to a work um project whether it's um no I just I just I just need some alone time I don't want to join so and so in doing this Mm. it's just learning to to just say no it's not easy but once you get going it really becomes a superpower and you know your needs really do matter and it's not about stamping on people's feet it's not about ranting and raving it's not about being selfish it's it's actually self-preservation and like I said if it is a case of actually do you know what I need to just step out of this meeting for a minute I just need to check in with myself I just need to check in with what I need if it's if it's in between meetings, if it's in between traveling, if it's in between family occasions, you know, it's Christmas or a birthday or a wedding, whatever the scenario is, if it's shopping, you know, whatever it is, it's a case of actually, I just need to pause. I just need to have um, a sensory break. You know, it can be anything. It could just be actually, I really need some food. That's often my thing. You know, I just, I need to pause what I'm doing and just grab a bite to eat. Um, If it's a case of, actually, I just really need the weekend to myself. And I understand people have children. I understand people have responsibilities, but you can bounce back quicker if you meet your needs first. And then you can come back to the family situation, brighter, restored, you know. And again, it's not always easy to do this. But if we do allow ourselves that time to meet those needs, it really does have a, a transformative um, effect. Mm. It really, really does. Mm. And and in, in terms of, you know, starting to say no, for me the key point really to take on board is just start I think start Mm, small very small for me I had to say no to really small things first before I could perhaps say no to things that felt more challenging and and yeah what what's your what are your thoughts on like where people should start with saying no yeah that for me what really worked was reducing my social time with people actually because I got caught up in that narrative of you know you work full time and you have three or four socials a week and you do this and you do that and so when I reduced it to one social a week or not at all that really really helped so I sort of was really starting to spread the gap between seeing friends so instead of maybe seeing them every other week Mm. it became once a month and it's really interesting that they're actually now doing the same they're realizing even if they're not hsps they're realizing that actually they just want to do their own thing and that's okay you know um so it was starting small by reducing my social engagements and it was um what would be another example um yeah potentially if somebody invited you to something or invited you to eat more of something or it's just sort of sort of like no I've I've had enough no I'm I'm fine thank you it's Mm. whereas we have that people pleasing default to make that other person feel better by consuming that extra biscuit or you know consuming that drink absolutely you know you're out 
or you're at a barbecue and somebody says, oh, go on, have another drink. And yeah. you're like, actually, I just don't want to. Yeah. I just don't want to. Uh, for me, that was really important, the, the starting to say no because my needs matter and, and being in 12-step recovery um, for alcohol and drug addiction. One drink is one drink was rarely it was possible for me actually I could often have one drink but often I couldn't have one drink often I didn't know when to stop and often I didn't stop <laughs> until you know it was probably it would have been better if I'd have stopped quite a long time ago and so for me if somebody goes they don't really do it now which is interesting now I'm in real ownership of I don't drink mm. because I can't drink mm. people don't generally question but yeah. when I was still finding it really quite difficult and that know, hesitation isn't it it was almost like I, I'm sure I was putting out some energy of ambivalence mm. around alcohol and they'd kind of go oh but you'll be able to have you know a glass of champagne at my wedding won't you and I mean I, I had to say no mm. I can't do that and they were like you can just have one no I can't because my needs did matter I mean for me it is you know not putting too dramatic a point on it to say it is ultimately a matter of life life and death sanity and insanity mm. um and, and so I had to I I had no choice but to start saying no, I don't want to drink. I'd go into a bar and occasionally if I ordered a coffee, they'd go, aren't you going to have a proper drink? And mm. I'd go, Proper no. drink? I mean, that's no. terrible, isn't it? What I tend proper to say... drink. I know, what I tend to say now is I drank enough proper drinks in the first <laughs> 35 years of my life to last me the uh. rest of my life. And that usually makes people stop because I'm much more comfortable with it now and yeah. I think that's the thing about saying no it's conviction isn't the it it's conviction it, the more comfortable we get with yeah. it and there are some people that I still find it really hard to say no to yes there are you know sort of the people I've known the longest family in isn't my it life. often the family uh, or those yeah, friends yeah or, you know just the people who've been in my life the longest and have known me mm. to not say no and then I suddenly start saying no and, and they you know don't always find that very comfortable but nonetheless I think it is such an important top tip so just starting to say no and also I just want to finish off it's almost if somebody has a big question for you or they're asking something big of you it's okay to say let me think about it mm. yes you're temporarily saying no and you just need to give your again it's it's your needs matter and if you need some time to digest what they've asked you or what they're asking you to do yeah it's okay to say can i get back to you on that yeah that's been massive just saying can i think on that can yeah. i just process that can i just take some time to feel into that yeah absolutely and translating that for a 12-step recovery setting it would be i just need to sit with that Yes. I need to take it to my quiet time. I need to take it to my meditation. I need to pray about it. I just need some time to let it settle. To reflect. Sometimes it's my version of like, I need to sleep on it. Yes. Yeah. Let me sleep on that. Let me feel into mm. it. Whatever I need to do to let that settle so that I can get back to my alignment with it, mm. to my truth, and then I'll be able to say yes, no, or yes but like this from a truthful place mm. so I love that I yeah. love that yeah we don't need to say yes or no straight away yeah. we don't need to decide and as HSPs away. we often need that extra time 
We need the time to know we what do. we really think and feel. Weigh up the pros, the cons, the sacrifice, the benefits. Yeah, yeah, we do. And we haven't always been allowed to have the time to think or feel. In fact, we often haven't. And so it's really important now to, to give ourselves that time because what we need matters and sometimes we need time to decide. And again, just finishing off, it's that societal narrative out there, isn't it? It is. Don't think. Just do. Just, Just do, 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 do. Yeah, which brings me quite nicely to top tip number two, which is remember to breathe. Now, that might sound a bit silly because we're breathing all the time, aren't we? It's, a, you know, it's a, an almost entirely unconscious action a lot of the time. And yet I find when I am in a situation of which there are many, when I'm a little bit less than comfortable, my breathing becomes very shallow. And sometimes I hold my breath mm. as though holding my breath will sometimes make things better. That's been, that was pointed out to me by a sponsor once. She went, every time I ask you a question, you hold your breath. And, I, and she noticed because she was also a yoga teacher. So she was quite sort of connected with you nice. know, the breath and the body and how that all yeah. sort of works together. And, and I realized that I absolutely did. I also realised sometimes that when I was, you know, in a situation, a meeting, and that could be a work meeting, a recovery meeting, you know, at a social event, whatever, where I felt tense or where I felt uncomfortable, I would literally be holding my breath and tensing my body in an effort to, I don't know, disappear, change my external surroundings. And that is not the way to um, feel more comfortable in a situation that unfortunately that hypervigilance reaction I suppose mm. is a way to feel even less comfortable and so now and this is really difficult to do sometimes again when I'm with the people who perhaps I've known for the longest but just to remember to keep breathing to bring some conscious awareness into my breathing into my body and almost to imagine pulling the breath down and in from around me right to the bottom of my diaphragm so filling all the bits of my lungs the back of the ribs I really like to think about the back of the ribs as well as the front of the ribs so the lungs are expanding forwards backwards and sideways but let's not just stop at the kind of the area around the lungs I like to remember to breathe and have a sense of the breath being pulled right down through my body through the energy centers of my body to the root and then even further pull the breath down through both my legs all the way to my feet so that it connects with the ground and then do the same with my hands with the next in breath pull it down my arms all the way to my fingers and just bring some life into all of my physical body and if I do that what I find is that I'm less in my head I'm thinking less and I'm more in the present so that you know that little breathing practice where I'm suddenly breathing into all my body is really helpful at just giving me a few seconds of relief so that I can get away from the stories that my mind might be telling me about where I am and who I'm with and it'll get me into my body and into hopefully closer to my truth so I just really find that so useful because when I am out of alignment when I'm not in my truth whatever that is I forget to breathe mm. I will still be breathing mm. but I won't be breathing very well mm. and that will make me feel 
more dead than alive somehow mm. more unpresent than present so mm. I just think you know remembering to breathe and that's why you know a lot of HSPs a lot of people like doing practices like yoga and meditation because mm. it is so in the breath you know for some people perhaps running or swimming they also get the breath sort of you know in the body regularly and deeply so in whatever way but just in my day in a, a world that doesn't support me as a high sensory person sometimes just remembering to breathe mm, is I love that my top tip yeah number two. and I'll just quickly finish with that saying that you know when I do my conscious breathing um I just step back consciously breathe into my body for me my truth is my knowing mm. being in my truth is being in my knowing um and through breath it is the quickest way because we won't go into the science behind it, but we know there is biological, mm. chemical reactions going on that slows the thinking, slows the mind, puts it back into the right mind, away from the analytical left mind. So it is just a win-win. And like you say, it just connects you to your truth, which is your knowing and what is in your heart. So mm. yeah, I love that. Mm. I love that. So top tip number three, step back come into your body and pause so very very similar process to the breathing and I end up doing this alongside the breathing that that conscious breathing it is you know sometimes if you're in a frantic situation or a demanding situation and and it's it's people it's just busy 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 and people are demanding so much of you whether you're a mum whether you're a CEO you know a manager you know whatever the situation is even if it's you're just on your own and you've just been working like crazy with these deadlines or just you got carried away with your creativity, you know, whatever the situation is, you know, it is sometimes really important to, to get back into your truth is by just stepping back mentally, emotionally, physically, you know, um, in your mind. But, you know, even if you did it physically, like that could really help physically just stay, you know, you stood up, you, you physically take a step back. It just engages with that truth, with that knowing, with your authentic self. It just slows everything down. You come back into your body and you just pause and you just hold that space for yourself you know and coming back into your body and this is something that I do a lot with my work and with myself you know kids do it so brilliantly up until the age of, of five mm. is they feel things in their body they feel their way through life they're actually so connected with their body and those signals and that navigation system that your body knows what it wants it knows what it's doing and so coming back into that body you know what feels expansive and exciting what feels restrictive and stagnant and all oh, that just feels uncomfortable your body really talks to you um it really really does so um yeah so step back come into your body and just pause mm. can just bring you back into what's right for me what what's my truth yeah i love what, that yeah yeah i love that the the pausing allows us to then listen and feel for the clues that our body is giving us yeah mm. and there is also something that i and it's not 100% but it is a useful guide sometimes I if I'm trying to make a decision I'll go through one scenario and then the other mm. and I'll feel how my body responds to each of those is there a contraction yeah is there an yeah. opening mm. and that 
And it's and it's a muscle, isn't it? That to begin with, you're like, okay, what's my body saying? I don't know. What I'm really confused. Mean? Yeah, yeah. It's ugh. but eventually, again, it's like a muscle, and it really does. Because it didn't. I didn't believe it worked at the beginning. I was like, really, this mm. is going to work? Like, I'm not feeling this. But mm. again, it's it's a muscle that just needs. It's dormant, isn't it? You know, again, it's alive when you're a kid. Mm. Then you go through life. You have the traumas and the conditioning, and then when you've done this work, it it. It awakens it again. It activates. Yeah, yeah, and and it's about making friends with it and kind of getting to oh, know yes. when it does this. That's what it means. Yes, and that's a little it's bit a language. Tired. Yeah, it's like learning to speak a new language. It's exactly like. And I love calling it the native human language. Yeah. I really love calling it the native human language. So um, yeah, so true. So what's top tip four, so Jane? Top tip four um, is, and it's very connected to your top tip number one, Alicia. So saying no, starting to say no, because your needs matter. So top tip number four really is what that enables, which is make time for yourself. So that's been so, so critical for me. And that could be 10 minutes. Mm. That could be 10 minutes of downtime if you've got a young family who need you most of the time it could literally be 10 minutes where when they're asleep having a nap instead of rushing around and you know tidying up and cleaning up it could be just 10 minutes to sit quietly that's it it could be that yeah do you remember, do you remember that advert with Kit Kat where it used to be take a break Take a break. Time yeah. out. And then yeah. time out bar. Was there a time out bar? I think there was there a time was out bar. There was a time bar. out bar. And that's the thing. It's it's returning this notion of actually time out's really good for you. Yeah. Take a break. Take a Kit Kat, I think Yeah, it that's it. Take, yeah. That's in the UK, time out. obviously. Um, but this idea that I don't need to eat a chocolate bar to have a 10 minute break. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Quite important. <laughs> uh, I mean, I might want to eat a chocolate bar sometimes mm. to have a 10 minute break. But yeah, so I think it is, you know, just the making time for yourself. I mean, myself, we were talking about this this morning, The um, this idea of when we get up, we both have to have quite a quiet first two hours couple of hours yeah that's my generally when i'm at home and i'm in my at home routine not that it is a terribly fixed routine but the first couple of hours are Mm. and the first couple of hours i potter around and get myself ready for the day i have about half an hour's what i would call quiet time which is i write i meditate I read, you know, usually a short piece of, you know, writing to set me up for the day. And that's my quiet time. And that is time for myself to remind myself who I am. Mm. And just there's something that happens to my subconscious and my spirit when I do that. I am more aligned for my day. And that's become a really important part of making time for myself. Mm. But also making time... Could it be, would you agree that it's things that could bring you a spark of joy? Well, I was just about to say. Like a little project. I was just about to say, it's also really important for me to make time for myself to do the joyful things. Mm. And again, that can be, for me, quite small things. Make time to walk through my local park. Make time to do that. Make time to stop and look at a beautiful flower in somebody's garden make time to stop 
and say hi to the cat that's just, you know, walked up to me in the street. Make time. Mm, I just remind, you reminded me of, you know, when you have that instinct to go, oh, but I really want to just do this a minute. Mm. Oh, I just, oh, but I mustn't. And you talk yourself out of it, don't you? And we always, we almost need to train ourselves to engage and stop denying ourselves mm. of that impulse, mm. that healthy impulse. Yeah, yeah. And here, you know, where we are, we're we're still on we're still on location. So we're we're again sitting by a lovely lake, and my. My initial instinct is the water's amazing. I want to get in a canoe and paddle on it or perhaps get in it and swim on it. Dive in. Yeah, dive into it. (laughs) You know, literally dive in. And and then there's a bit of me that goes, oh, I can't be bothered. Mm. And that's the bit that takes the joy away because it is so joyful. Once I, you know, I have in the last couple of days both canoed on this lake and jumped into some, you know, into mm. a cold lake. Not actually this one, different one. Um, but how wonderful, how joyful. Yeah, because there's a narrative again in this world that we must deny ourselves those impulses and the mind is so programmed to prevent us, isn't it? It's always wanting to keep us safe, keep yeah. us small. Oh, don't do that. It's frivolous. Right. It's frivolous. And Why do that? Time. Yeah, yeah, you're not a child. Yeah, right. Get on and, you know, do some things like empty the dishwasher. Yeah. Be helpful. Yeah. Be mundane. I mean... <laughs> I don't want to be unhelpful. No. I mean, I don't. But I do think that often emptying the dishwasher can probably wait until I exactly. jumped in a lake. Exactly. And dry my Seize hair. the moment. Carpe yeah. diem. Yes. you just got to go for it sometimes. So I think just this idea that making time for ourselves is not selfish, it's really important. As HSPs, we need a lot of downtime. This is crucial for me to stay in my truth and alignment. When I don't mm. get enough downtime, I am frazzled and I am in fight or flight. Yeah. That's what I'm in. And I can't get to my truth because I'm too busy surviving and I'm too busy in sort of hypervigilance and, you know, and, and, and then I go into anxiety. Mm. So it's it's just really, really important for me to make time for myself. And uh, over the years, I've realised that that is not a selfish thing to do yeah it's an important it's an essential thing to do if I think about the work that I do I can't do that when I'm running on empty I can't do that when my battery is below 20% Mm. charged I need to be in that ideally sort of 20 at least 20 to 80% battery my internal you know spiritual energetic energy you're in the red light then aren't you you're in the red if I'm in the red I can't do my I can't do my best work I can't do the work that I'm supposed to be doing yeah and I just want to finish off with this make time for yourself is oh I fancy doing this you know when you just it's that British thing isn't it this oh I just fancy a cup of tea I just I just fancy reading a book and I just Mm. I fancy this and it's like even if it's a a big project and you just fancy starting it just Mm. do it Mm. just follow that joyful childlike essence about you because it just has an expansive impact Love that. Talking about expansive impact, mm. we have an announcement. We do. 
We're going to announce it again. So we are very, very excited to announce that come, hopefully in the coming week, September, um, that we are um, launching our High Sensory Tribe, which is going to be an online ad-free community. And we would love you to join us there. And we will be putting out the links in due course. But um, but yeah, we're very, very excited to create our own High Sensory Tribe community for you lovely people out there. Thank you again for joining us today. We really, really appreciate you listening and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. We'd love to hear from you as always with any questions or comments and please do subscribe, share and review our podcast. Join us for next week's episode when we'll be talking about why it's important to be in your truth and your authentic self following on from what we talked about this week. Bye for now. Bye for now.